Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Gabby Reese Show. It's all an experiment. Hey, Gabby, you can't get into the ice. Well, let's go. All right, that looks great, Gabby. Let's make those legs longer. So, Gene, how's it going with the kids? Uh, you do not ah. feel like training. Come here. Come here. What's your plan? Let's go. 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 let so Sarah let's just dive in there because when I was doing my you know just research to talk to you um, you know I think it's confusing I think it can be I'm going to just pretend like I'm your student today and and I think it can be confusing for a lot of people where they they're not sure what to buy or how to buy and then I and then I want to sort of, um, you know, maybe have you share how you move through into being, you know, sort of an impact entre- entrepreneur and even teaching people about connecting into maybe their purposes and or gifts and things like that. Because I, I think sometimes, like, at least for me, like, I feel more messy some than in a certain way. Like, of course, I'm organized and um, I know how to have a practice in place to reach goals. But when I see certain people, I'm like, it feels like they have it more figured out. And so at times it can almost be like, like, oh, that's not for me, if that makes sense. And I'm somebody who's like doing it, if that, if, if, if that makes any sense. So maybe um, just back up the story a little bit, because I know really you entered through sort of buying and luxury fashion and even your, your family was involved Um and, and sort of, you, you know, having a moment where you go, oh, I'm, I can do this, but I can do it a little differently. Yeah. So the thing, where shall I begin? Whatever, whatever, whatever feels where people can connect, because most people are sitting there going, and especially in this time, right, where we feel a little more handcuffed, um, 
you know, I know again that your family sort of taught you about luxury and, and sort of beauty. And I, it's weird. Like, I actually think that's also in people like my husband and I are like all functional. And yet I have a daughter that she's all about like things being beautiful and she notices and, and I'm like, does it work? Good. Okay. You know? And, um, and so I, I also think that that's an intuitive and we need that. We need people to make spaces and things. That's the thing. I think that everybody has their, I call it your unique power. So everybody has a unique power inside of themselves, which can also be called your purpose. Mm-hmm. And my unique power began when I was growing up. And I was like, I had an ability. My dad had a textile mill in Yorkshire. My mum was a fashion stylist. And I suddenly was really interested in, in the fabrics, the colors, what was going to make people feel awesome. And I realized I had a skill in choosing the winning fabric for my dad's design teams and then choosing the winning outfits for my mum's clients. And I saw the positive side that what we wear can have and the positive side of what we buy can have. So then I began my career. I had a dream to work as a fashion buyer for one of the world's top stores. And and I began that journey to reach that first goal. And and I think, you know, what you back to what you were saying about this, like we are, I totally believe that we're born with an intuitive gifts inside of ourselves. I totally believe it. it came for me, this like this drive to sort of, obviously I had a family background and I believe our purpose can come from our intuition coupled with our youth. It's these two things combined. But for years, I didn't know where this driving force was coming from. Like, right, I'm going to work in a shoe shop age 16. I'm going to study retail marketing at university. And then I watched this uh, sitcom called Absolutely Fabulous, a British sitcom, and that was all about Harvey Nichols, this store. I didn't come from London. I came from the north of England. And I was like, right, the girl is going to London and she's going to get that job at that store. And, And fate had it in a totally random way I got that job in that store, but not in a direct way, uh, not in an obvious way. I was working in a bar. The only time I've worked in a bar in my life in a totally random area at that time called Old Street, which is now where all the hipsters are. But like that time, nothing was happening there. And in this bar was a guy called Michael who became one of my best friends. And he was working in Harvey Nichols in their head office. And he said, I will help you get your CV to HR. And that was my route in. And I got that job. I think that's an important point. It's very subtle, but it's really important because I think when we, when we, we are going to have a path of source, especially when we participate, right? Like nothing lands in our lap, but if you were doing all these things around it, you're, you know, these opportunities are being laid out for you, but it's not always in this obvious way. And I think, I think for people who are in pursuit, um, and, and I think it's even important for parents to remember about their children, because, you know, we work, I think you overthink it a lot of, a lot of times, but that if you just have your head down and you're doing the work, yeah, that it's almost like you can't be kept from it. Like yeah. it, you'll find it and it will find you. And, and that might happen many times in your life, but it's, it's just sometimes, I mean, I sometimes think that that's actually even another definition of faith, right? Like it's faith isn't just, okay, faith in something bigger than us, but 
these small amounts of faith that we can display even in, in, in this way in our life. Like, yeah. did you, when you're working in a bar, an old, you know, old street or old town, are you thinking, it, you know, is it, are you always optimistic or are you like, wow, I, I'm curious how this is going to come together? Um, at that time, I am always optimistic as a person. Um, at that time, I was, I was nervous because I was like, I finished my university degree. I was like, God, okay, here I am. I'm in London. I've, I've got the degree, but well, how do I get the job? Um, and I was trying and trying and, you know, and then suddenly fate intervened. And I think it's absolutely, as you say, it, it's at that moment where you do feel most vulnerable and you open yourself up and, and suddenly you decide to just step in and trust the process and let go. And that's when the magic can happen. I think it's, it's one of the hardest things to do is how do I work really hard towards something? Um, because it's almost like that, that persistence is what it does allow that window to open. But when, how do, when people are feel, feeling vulnerable or defeated, how do they, you know, it's sort of like at what point, you, cause you know, this as being an entrepreneur, there are days where you sort of ask yourself, you're like, am I kidding myself? Like, am I totally delusional? You know, I, I've experienced that many times and, um, and sometimes the businesses failed and other times they, they went, but I yeah. think that this is something, an interesting space that we have to exist in yeah. as an entrepreneur or anyone who's trying to pursue their inner drive, right? Their inner, like you say, purpose yeah. is you are going to feel that way. And sometimes you're going to feel like it's, it, it isn't for you and that you weren't right about what you thought you wanted to do. Yeah, all of that, yes, and more. And I think, you know, and, and that happens every day. Like, it's a total ride being an entrepreneur. It's like every single day we're facing our fear. And the more we grow, the more we're tested. So the fear only gets greater. It actually doesn't get lesser because it's like we're on, whoa, we just grew. And now it's like, okay, here's your next challenge. Okay. Let's face the next one. And when things don't go your way, um, you, you feel incredibly vulnerable because as an entrepreneur, you have to face rejection. And, and when you're doing something and it's your, your purpose, your product, yourself, your soul, that rejection can feel even more like, wow, crushing. And the way that I am, I'm learning to deal with things um, in deeper and deeper ways is that when that new wave happens of intense feeling of vulnerability or rejection or that, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do next. What I'm learning to do is allow the feeling completely because I feel within our dark feelings, our fears, our anxieties, if we only just allow them, they're actually giving us the seeds to where our growth is. And if we go into them completely and feel that complete surrender to the fear and we allow it on the other side, when we come through, it's like, I feel I've just gone up five levels. I get all this new um, awareness, creativity, direction and roots forward. So I use the, the fear to propel me forward. 
So, so you're, you're at your job, you're in your dream job, you're, you're excelling, you excelled in your job. And then you sort of reach a point where you think, cause people know this, you know, whether we like it or not, there's a lot of waste and things around beautiful anything. And especially when you're talking about the apparel business um, and denim, you even, you know, we, we, denim is a big one. So at where, where are you in your journey where you think, oh, this can be done differently? And, and how, do you, how do you take the steps to do that? So I worked for Harvey Nichols at, for seven years. And that was at the beginning of my career from like 20 to 27. And um, so the first few years in any job, you're learning, you're excited, you're like, wow, wow, wow. Um, I was buying a hundred collections. I was in menswear focused on that. I specialized in denim and I introduced, so I had a, a gift, as I say, we've got all got a unique power and mine is being able to see what the unique power is in, in, a, in a business, in a person. So I give that store the very uh, positioning to enable me to do my buying, which was first to launch new trends. So I launched like skinny jeans for men, organic jeans, organic collections, upcycled collections. This is back in 2007. And um, so I was about these sort of specialized trends I was buying was accounted for about 1% of my budget, my total budget. But then I was also buying big known brand names. Uh, big, you know, mass luxury names. I wasn't couture, I was like the mass luxury names that we all know. And then suddenly I was seeing season upon season, the seasons first increased from two to six per year. Then the showrooms got fuller and fuller of stuff. And then I was like, well, what's different from this year's check shirt to last year's check shirt? Like it's virtually the same. Why are you telling me this season it should be that particular shade of orange? not last year's shade of orange. And I was like, that's not fair to the consumer because it's, it's, it's encouraging them to feel dissatisfied and have to constantly buy more. And then slowly, Gabby, I was like, it was it again in my heart. I was like, this isn't right. This isn't right. And what I've always been passionate about is consumer buying behavior, psychology, our reasons for doing things, how we, part of the way we self-actualize ourselves and there's nothing wrong with it is through what we wear and um it's but it's what we wear and it's not our fault that an industry has led itself in a certain way and the whole of buying everything the consumer industry has sort of led itself a certain way since the 1950s of buy 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 and creating an increasing sense of perpetual dissatisfaction and without so sort of having studied that, but this didn't come from a conscious point of view, it came from a deep part within me. I just started to go, this isn't right. This isn't luxury. The quality isn't, it's going down. The, you know, the fabrics, the finishing, I was like, and they were charging more. It was all these things didn't align within me. And I, I became unhappy at that point because I was like, okay, well, I know I'm really good at what I do, but you know, what's my next step in my career? And I could only see doing more of the same for another awesome company. But I was like, I don't want that because I want to use my skill to do good for the world. So it was at that point, I was really nervous and scared. And I said, okay, I'm going to 
become an impact entrepreneur and I'm going to re start to reimagine how we can make things for a new conscious age because I felt that the there would come a time that the conscious age was going to be here which is now today which I'm really pleased about but this is back in 2006-7 so I left and I started with a pair of jeans because that was what I know I knew and had become really intimately aware about so Sarah when you when you talk about because, you know, everybody ha has it different. I feel like when you talk about contribution and purpose, it's like when we can all come to the table and, and offer whatever our perspectives are to enhance, elevate the group, right? So um, correct me if I'm wrong. So in a way, I feel that you look at co people, connecting people with the right sort of uniform or expression will help them in, you know, I look at sometimes clothing as like almost like your your armor or your suit that you go into the world and you you express non-verbally and then of course verbally like hey this is who I am. Um, yeah. So so I'm I'm getting from you that you from very young could connect people with their right sort of exp external expression in and by one of the ways is in what they're wearing. Am I getting this? Yeah, it, it, it began with what they were wearing. And then I realized it was enabling people to actually, it was, it was seeing within someone what their actual, it was beyond the clothes. It was what's their purpose and what's their unique about them and how can they bring that out into, like to carry that forward in a really simple way that they can have that message to the world. So it began at that point. It began when I would just have this. So when I was in those showrooms and I would be, I always felt like Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's in Terminator and he got those like, da -da 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 -da, like lines in front of his eyes where he's got seeing things and it's coming up. And I would just be able to say in my mind, okay, Harvey Nichols, first to launch new trends. This is this brand. These are all the types of clients that buy it. Then we're going to go this, 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 and be able to pick really, really quickly what the collection was about and do it. And then I realized that I could do that in making products. Then I realized it was in making brands. Then I realized it was in giving strategies to companies. Then I realized it was seeing it within humans and leaders. So in every way, like just sort of having that formulaic way to be able to take complex things within a person and a business and take it out and make it really really simple into a really simple statement that then that person can can go out there you know when you were saying at the beginning like you sometimes are like how does that person sound like they've got their everything sewed together and it's because they've been through a process they've practiced it they've practiced who they are what they stand for they've worked they've gone through a process to work it out and so that was that's been my whole journey of kind of figuring out, I guess, my purpose. And that was how it, the beginning part was just jumping out into my fear, jumping from Harvey Nichols to be an entrepreneur and then figuring out the rest as I went along uh, through, as you said, the highs, the lows, the failures, the successes. What does that look like when you leave a, a prestigious, uh, you know, and, and, and I would imagine, you know, we all live in, in these universes that you have a, a good side, a big stick, you know, you're buying for these guys, you, everyone's going to 
make it easy for you and say like, please come here. We want to show you this. And they're accommodating you. And then you go out of that structure and you start anew. Um, what is, what's that transition? What's that process like? And, and how do you, how do you then almost start again? Cause we, you know, that's the other thing about entrepreneurs or, or just anyone who wants to keep learning is like almost your willingness to start again at the bottom. Yeah. Um, what, what is that, what does that look like for you? And also, did you have any things in practice that supported you when you were like, oh, this is a big mistake? Not then, <laughs> definitely not then. Okay. But since then, I've built like those, like, poof, I've built those grounding practices more and more and more to hold me and strengthen me for those, for those days. So my meditation practice started quite soon after that, but definitely not at the beginning. I think that what I realized really, really quickly was exactly what I'm, I'm sharing with you today. You've got to be able to talk your talk um, in, a, in a way that is um, simple to communicate to the world around you who you are and what you stand for, what you can offer people, why you stand out and why they should back you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I quickly realized, right, I've got to be able to articulate my purpose and what I'm doing because I don't have this big name behind me as I'm the buyer for Harvey Nichols. It wasn't there anymore. So you, I realized you had to really quickly um, take what you were doing and be able to articulate it in a really simple way so that you were creating your own brand authority for yourself because you know and this is part of what i teach people now because basically i say you, today we have one second to make a connection because our world is so overwhelmed and the, normally when someone says what do you do it's the thing you spend a lot of your day thinking about yeah. but you can't get you can't answer it in a simple way and people experience the fight or flight reaction like <gasps> startled reflex what do I actually do because it only you only can say what you actually do if you've been through a process to to get to that point so it was at that point I realized I've got to get myself together and be able to say what I do what I stand for and why someone should back me really quickly and then I had to go out and start practicing it and then you face rejection and you you know you go out there and you say hi, I've got this idea, I want to build an organic, sustainable denim brand, would you work with me? Um, and then you face rejection. And then you, you, you have to practice doing the same thing and saying it again and again. And you almost have to write it down and have a script. And actually, I didn't have a script at the beginning. And the, the turning point for me was to actually be able to write a little script for myself of who I was, what I stood for, practice it and then say it. <laughs> And then when I did that, things started to change because I was prepared. So if someone comes to see you and, and um, maybe they're, they're sure about their commitment, but they're, they're sort of unsure about everything else, like how that's going to happen. And maybe they're even not an extrovert or, you know, something like that. Do you, and I know you have a master class, but do you, is there a way that you start to get people to break things down so that they can learn maybe um well i know you talk about the things that hold us back you you sort of said these the, there's things holding us back but if someone comes to you do you think all of this is completely teachable 
Yeah. So, you know, you were saying like clothes are our armor. Um, so is what we say about ourselves. It's our armor. But we, we, we have stories that we say and we just repeat them and we say them. And they might not be the story that we want to say. It's just we say it, who we are, what we stand for without really having thought it through. Because, and they might be stories that like someone else said about us, not who we want to be. So what I do, I break, I start at the beginning. So I start, I've actually got, um, I do an exercise. Um, I sent it to you, but I think it was, it was too late to have a look at it. because I just sent it to you 20 minutes before our call. Yeah. But I can do it with, uh, to introduce you to it now. So the exercise comes from this really uh, a brilliant book called Power Versus Force. And um, power for me was a really interesting word because I was super scared to be powerful. I was told the thing about our purpose is that it's often comes from when we're young. So we all have this unique power inside of ourselves, but it becomes hidden amongst everything else we do, because there can be a lot of shame around our unique power. And this is- why do, you, why, do you, why do you think, do you think, because it's like, why would we have the audacity to think that we have something special to contribute or what do you, what do you think that is? I think it's so many reasons. Mm. I think that the parts of ourselves that are different we're told not to be those parts sometimes not all the time when we're young so like my my parents would tell me off if i was being loud or being big personality my mum would tell me to be like princess diana my dad would say you're so powerful it would so all these these two things were becoming like bad things to me when i think women will navigate that differently or have to navigate it <clears throat> differently. And, I, and it's not at the fault of men. I just think that it, we're a little more surprised when women or young girls, I have three daughters, are, um, you know, if they're loud or they're ball breakers or they're highly opinionated or they're not placating. When I have a daughter that is not interested in making anyone feel comfortable. She's not, and, and it makes me uncomfortable. I see it, my reaction as a parent, like, Oh, you know, we're supposed to be quote nice and all these things. And it's, and um, it's an interesting, that is an interesting programming because I think to this idea of maybe creating baseline decency would be good, but that if you have different feelings than other people, or maybe you don't feel like talking, like this is the other thing, like this idea of humoring people. Um, I think that gets put on the, the feminine group more than maybe the masculine group. Uh, yeah. And so it is, it is interesting, even as someone who enjoys being hopefully a powerful female, um, that I see the impulse myself to try to pull back on my daughters a little like, hey, we're here to make them feel good. It's like, actually, no, if you have a baseline level of respect and decency and you say, hey, hello, and you look in the eyes, and if you're done at that point, like you don't want to be engaged, I think that's okay too. Yeah. I don't know, but it is. It is a very interesting and deep, um, you know, behavior where it was sometimes if you had sons, you'd be like, oh, boys, they're so crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And these things are going back. These imprints are going back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. So it's no one's fault that we, we 
we learn them, we think them, but there's a way, uh, there's a way we can get through it and, and kind of start to go, okay, who am I really? So I created a, from this awesome, amazing book, I created a really simple way that, um, so this is David R. Hawkins, Power Versus Force. And on page 150, there is a list of these incredible words that um, on the left side are words that resonate from um, energetically from the word power, on the right side, the word force. So I ask everybody who goes through my program to really choose words that resonate from them from a powerful way, to choose 11 words. That's the beginning of the journey. Those words, I connect them to your, your chakras. And it's really weird, I don't tell anybody, now you guys all know, but I don't tell anyone before they do it, what, what's the 11 words all about, why 11? And it's really interesting because nearly every single time people pick the words in the perfect order from top down and from their most like conscious and inspiring and powerful words here to the more nurturing words as we go down and they always fit beautifully and so I use these as the beginning of how you can start to be able to actually say who am I what do I stand for? What's my unique power? And what's my unique brand positioning in the world? Because we use those 11 words to create for each person a really unique brand positioning of who they are. And those words become like one client's are, she's a chef she, and an entrepreneur, and she makes real food and things the French way. And that line, comes from the 11 words. So I do that with every single person in a really, another client's is enabling artisans globally and really simple. So she, if someone says, what do you do? And she's out and she's got that, she knows she goes, I enable artisans globally. Mm -hmm. And then by having this and working through this process, then you can, you're so much recept more receptive to take advantage of amazing opportunities and connections as they happen. Because if you say, I enable artisans globally and you've got it right there on the tip of your tongue, someone can say, oh my God, you must meet this person, that person, and then the rest unravels. So that's the beginning of how I do. And maybe for, you know, maybe for someone who it's a new, and you know, a, a new environment or new terrain where maybe they were in a sort of uh, structured system and then they're trying really to, find this unique place, which is, yeah. hard. and like you said, to try to really drill down. I mean, every business has a mission vision statement. It's like, a, we all, they all do it. We all do it because we're yeah. trying to, well, what do you, what do you stand for? What do you want to do? And it's also a guide, right? It's a manual yeah. that when you're yeah. producing anything, um, you go, well, does this fit our mission vision and who we are and things like that. But I would say that maybe having, cause at first I, you know, I look at things that are so brand oriented or organized that way, I almost have a resistance against it, me personally, because I'm, I'm, I don't know why I think it's because I've, I've sort of just pursued through my gut and all and had maybe the luxury. If I came from one arena in sports, I didn't have to be that succinct possibly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting for me to hear it, phrased it this way is that I could also see someone being able to say this 
and then it creating a conversation yeah. where people could start to know where and how to understand quicker what this person wants. And, and it's yeah. not such a big discovery. So I, I actually really appreciate that because, you know, I think it's important um, to always have an open mind to, yeah. to things. Um, so let's say you get someone, they start to understand um how they want to uh, insert themselves into the world from which angle and what perception you're hoping people will have that it sort of lines up with your values. Um, let's say you're going along, you have someone comes to you and they, they've maybe done something way over here, you know, in uh, something conventional, they're a business person, they're um, an employee, they're whatever, they work in insurance. And then they, they come over and they say, okay, I was this, but now I have this yearning. Uh, maybe it's somebody who's had a family already and they're looking to express themselves in this new extended version of themselves. Do you, is that process different? Like, do you take them through the process differently? Because it's almost like we're a lot of things and you said it yourself. Hey, I had this moment where I'm like, am, am I going to just keep doing this? Or now am I going to go to the next? Do you have a, anything? Is it different for the person who goes? No, do it it's the same. It's the same. That's the beginning. So what I shared with you is the beginning. And then with that person who's pivoting from insurance to, yeah. I don't know, being an art dealer, for example, it would be, okay, so the next part after the, the part I shared with you is to start to get clarity, I call it, to analyze everything that you've done now obviously this is not a new thing we all in business we're analyzing every day outwardly but to look at ourselves internally and sort of give ourselves a health check of go what am i really really good at what did i do in my career that made me the most gave me the most joy gave me the most impact gave me the most money and so that person in insurance I'll break it down to go deeper. It was, okay, insurance was the surface, but what were you doing underneath the, uh, beyond the insurance? Were you great at connecting with people? Were you great at selling? Were you, what were you great at the deal making? And then we'll find that DNA of what you've done within your career that you love. So I call this the hero product analysis. So everybody's a hero product and everything is a hero product. I look at it all through the, those eyes as I would do at Harvey Nichols. And I look at the person and go, okay, so what was your DNA of the things that you've done as a hero product? And then when we're looking at this pivot, we're going, okay, well, what were you doing? That's when we start to look at your youth and start to look at like, what was your story? And as you said, so many, everybody's done so many things in their lives. And at times we might want to drop things that we were before like you know if it was you were always introduced at a dinner as hi I'm Gabby I do this and you don't want to be that person anymore it's not you've grown out of that old version of you so I I kind of and people will say to me I don't want to be that person anymore I, I don't and I'm like all right all right all right but let's look at what was what was that person all about what was the deeper thread and this is a real challenge because we can find deepest thread um within the person and um i'm actually thinking of the the lady i mentioned to you the the friend is she's 
now a documentary filmmaker. Um, her career started as a ballerina and she's been a Pilates teacher. And it was, how do we, how does she span all these threads together of everything that she's done? And she was like, you know, I'm no longer the Pilates person, I'm a, a documentary filmmaker. And we were able to unearth what she was doing at the root of everything was she was inspiring and empowering people through, through movement and through different disciplines. And now she's just surfing and we were able to weave together this beautiful thread of all the disciplines that she had done to create a top line strategy mm -hmm. of what she does. But you've got to, so that's how it works in terms of, I hope that makes sense. We're gonna do a quick thank you to one of our sponsors and get right back to the show. Talking about Laird Superfood is probably one of the easiest ads I can do because I watched my husband drink coffee for 20-something years, and then in 2015, um, he and a friend of ours created, by accident, a vegan plant-based coffee and creamer business, and now we've got tons of other products. We have hydrate products and greens and plant-based protein that doesn't upset your stomach. Imagine that. The taste is amazing. Trust me. I did all the taste tests in room temperature water, so we know how good this stuff is. We've got cacao creamer, one of my personal favorites. If you're trying to avoid sugar, unsweetened creamers. Remember, everything is vegan. It's plant-based, easy to use. And so if you want to get a discount today and try Laird Superfood, all you do is go to LairdSuperfood.com. That's L-A-I-R-D-S-U-P-E-R-F-O-O-D.com, LairdSuperfood.com. And if you punch in Gabby2021 at checkout, you will receive a 20% savings. This product is something that I use pretty much every day in my coffee. We even have matcha. So let's say you're not a coffee drinker. You like chai. You like matcha. We really tried to bring you the best tasting with the highest quality ingredients, no artificial flavorings, um, and at the most reasonable price that we could. So if you've been wondering about Laird Superfood or you want to stock up on Laird Superfood, go ahead and head to LairdSuperfood.com and get your savings with discount code GABBY, G-A-B-B-Y, 2021. I think sometimes too, we maybe we have these special gifts and we we apply them in a structure that's presented to us that we're supposed to do. And then we go along and we realize like, Hey, I've done what I'm supposed to do, but maybe I, I, there's, it's just something bigger. And that's also like how we grow up, right? Like we communicate a certain way. And then we, I think for, for women, it's closer to 30 for men, it might be closer to 40 where we go. Okay. Wait a second. I need to be really clear about how I'm feeling. I'm not really saying, you know, and it's getting those skills because you don't want to blow up your life, your professional life, your personal life, but you're trying to figure out how do I expand who I really am, you know, within these lives. And, and it's, it's interesting because a lot of times the people closest to us are like, well, wait a second, you do this. And it's like, or you yeah. act like this, or don't you like this? It's like, kind of, and maybe it's and it, now it's maybe about grown out of or expanded that. And it's an interesting way thing to, to work out, um, out of that, uh, yeah. you know, especially if we're trying to be a dutiful, yeah. you know, uh, measured, 
citizen and at that time can can provoke people and also because that makes people have to look at themselves i'm sure you see this where yeah it makes people uncomfortable because it's like wait if you're changing and you're expanding i have to now look at what am i doing and i think people have to really be careful of that is yeah. people who react negatively or over too much it's like well no because you're just representing something that makes them have to look at themselves. I don't know. Do you give people an idea in your masterclass? Um, you know, you, you talk about the, the things that, you know, holding you back, right? You, you're, maybe you could just share a little bit about that. The five, you know, you talk about focus and just wanting people to focus on their unique part, um, on their real purpose. Um, but also, what do you say to them when you say, are you prepared to almost like let part of your old life die? And that might even be people in it. Is there ever conversations around that? Um, no, I just, just kind of take people forward on that journey and then support them through the journey when that comes up of, um, because I say to people at the beginning and in the masterclass, like when you're, I say that we are all, we all tell a story of who we are and we're all bigger than the story that we tell. We try, we, our subconscious mind does everything it can to protect us and to keep us safe and keep us small. So people, we all, create constructs to try and stay safe and small. So through this journey of actually unlocking your unique power, you're gonna face um, these fears because you're gonna, it goes deepest to the deepest root, which is all about feeling worthy enough to receive. That's basically what I come up against all the time. I get it. I, because also let's define it as success. And I don't mean monetary success or attention, just being able to do something that you really want to do is a really high level of success. And then if you add some other things, like you're recognized in your field or you are making um, a good living, it's separation. And why do I, right? Like why, why do I get to, and why do I deserve or am I allowed? I understand this so perfectly. I think for me, and I, I'd love to hear your take on it, is I always tell people we don't really deserve anything, but we just are receiving grace. And, and you know, I, there's, there is a beautiful quote, and I've probably said it before, which is the winds of grace are blowing all of the time. We just have to raise our sails, right? And yeah. so maybe why, I wonder what that is. Is it so that we get accepted by our tribe and that we're just a part of, and that somehow if we get amplified in any way, we're it's safer to yeah. be in, in the, in the box. And it comes back to that, like being told off when I was young, it was like, cause I was putting my head up. I was, no, no, stay safe, stay safe, stay small, stay safe. And it's the absolute base fear that comes from our baby brain like yeah. that, to, to keep us secure. But how I, I, how, I totally um, share your what you were just saying and how 
from a spiritual point of view, I've been taught we're here to serve. And we're here to serve in the biggest way that we can. So I, I'm Jewish. I follow teachings of a Jewish teacher called uh, the Chabad Rabbi. And he, he would say, he was a guy that was recognized by Ronald Reagan in the 80s. And there was a, there's an American holiday day dedicated. I don't know which one is it. It's the giving day or something that's dedicated to the Chabad Rabbi. And so he was like a guy, um, like a, an amazing guy that many people don't know, but he was really recognized around the world for being, for teaching a principle that we're here to serve and to grow. And our job as humans is to actually face our fears and to, as I call it, be the lobster and break out of your shell. Like lobsters are constantly their shell, they outgrow their shell. They have to hit their shell against a wall to break it free and release the bigger version of themselves. Growing is pain. It's, it's stepping out of our comfort zone and it's so scary, but it's even more scary to stay the, the old version of ourselves because then we just trap ourselves into all sorts of unhappiness and unfulfilling relationships, mostly with ourselves and then those around us. When actually we start to have the courage to grow and to serve and to we, we begin to shine and then actually we're shining in our authenticity so that the people around us can see that and and you know most of the time I actually haven't had an experience you know it might be that I've had an experience I actually haven't Gabby when I'm in all my authentic self and I'm rising and shining from a place of authenticity there hasn't been a, a space where people have knocked me because I've been secure that I'm rising and shining from the place of my authenticity. I think it's when we're doubting ourselves that we're leaving room for the people to kind of do this. <laughs> but this has really helped me in the, you know, I'm here to do a job on uh, in my human life. I'm here to give back, to do good and to grow as big as I possibly can. So that's helped me to 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 go for it and to just have the courage to go forward. Is there ever conversation? Cause it's always like, you, you know, you talk about this sort of checking in with oneself. I think as we go and maybe we, let's say we have a stride where we're rolling or it's happening. It is very easy um, to, you know, the ego can be like, good job, right? Like, yeah. Hey, you're doing a good job. Instead of that portal mentality of like, I'm a conduit for whatever yeah gift I can contribute. Is there ever conversation around like even having to, you know, it's funny. It's like getting people to break out and then getting them to self-regulate simultaneously. Yeah. I don't know. Is there ever conversation around um, having that sort of internal checks and balance and maybe that one or two people that really are for you that can, but who will also say, Hey, like, take it easy. You know, like, I don't know because people don't realize success is is so scary and then also dangerous where you start to buy your own BS or you think you're so smart. Um, do you ever have that sort of conversation? Well, I, 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 I teach everybody to have um, practices to give themselves the check-ins in all the different ways because I say to everyone like, 
as we grow, all these different things come up. So I teach people um, a technique that's from the 50s, the 1950s, called the mirror technique. I don't know. It was from a set. It was about sales, and it was an insurance guy in the 50s taught people how to do sales. There's a couple of books, The Magic of Believing, mm-hmm. um, which this is where it came from by a guy called Claude Piello in the 1950s. And they, they didn't know what we know now about our brain and about energy, these things. They would teach a technique called The Magic of Believing, which would be check in the mirror and repeat to yourself like who you are, what you want to be, and then you'll feel great. Well, I say, so I've done that myself and I teach everybody and I say, no, it's not just repeating an affirmation and then suddenly you wake up and you feel great. I said, the technique of the magic of believing, you look in the mirror and you talk about who you are. So the things that I've shared, thought leader, um, who you are as a thought leader, your unique brand positioning, the real story of who you are, you practice that in the mirror and then you check in with your body. And the thing is, you'll start to feel where the checks and balances need to happen inside because so I teach everybody to be their own check and balance. Like we have to check in if we're acting from an ego mind, if that's happening, we need to check ourselves because it's where we can make really big mistakes. We can, and we also have to check where we're feeling massive resistance because I'm, I've learned that where we feel often massive resistance is the place we need to go to learn. It's the thing we need to conquer. Then in the same mirror technique, it's where are you feeling unsure of yourself? Where are you doubting yourself? Where are you feeling not worthy enough to receive? And then I say to look at each of those parts within ourselves. So I think the body awareness is really, really great. And using anxiety, using the things that we're feeling inside to actually look and say, what's going on? And how do I, what do I need to improve? What do I need to check? What do I, where do I need to give myself self-love and self-care and reassurance? Where do I need to check with my ego and say, you know what? Like, actually, it doesn't, if that person was 10 minutes late, it doesn't mean how dare they be late for me. And, you know, it's like, leave your ego at the door because you'll end up sabotaging something great um, often if the ego pops up. So it's definitely having that awareness and being your own accountability partner really we're accountable for ourselves and i think really being accountable in the sense of you know you're you're so amazing you're so each and every person is a diamond each and every person is incredible each and every person has these amazing gifts to themselves for the world so it's our job to be able also to get over each thing to get over our own bs our own excuses our own doubts, our own self-worth issues. It's like, again, it comes back to, we've got a job to do, like, you know, whatever that job is, you know, it could be being, it's anything. It's how we serve. But I just know that that when I'm dying, I want to know, I used all my skills to do the best job I could. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What if, um, you know, and I think it's an important point that, contributing is not, you know, we've made all these scales and, and um, defined all these levels of success or contribution. I think people have to realize it's 
when you are in your essence and you are doing a job and you're doing it to the best of your ability and it does genuinely reflect you in some way, that that contribution is equally as important than I'm the owner of the company, I'm the CEO. You know, it's like, it's not big and small, right? It's, it's, an, it's an equivalent. It's like, you know, the, that the reflection, like you said, is authentic. So let's say someone is listening to this and they think, oh God, that sounds like a good idea. I have no idea. I have no idea, like, you know, the idea of like where to start and, and maybe so between COVID, between maybe um, they did, they had some kind of career before, maybe they said, I'm going to spend, dedicate some time to my family because that feels right. Um, But now I'm sort of ready to re-explore. And I think a lot of people, they, they hit a wall, right? Like they, it's either an age thing or they just don't even know how to start again. What would you say to them? What would it be, um, you know, and obviously I'm, I'll put up where people can join. Well, how long is the masterclass? How does that work, by the way? The 60 minute live masterclass. Okay. Um, yeah. And okay, it's great. like, yeah, that's it. Perfect. So let's say, you know, they, they want to pursue that, but what would you say are some of the first threads that people could just to even activate that process of self-inquiry and go forward to start journaling to start journaling and start reading like um and and to give yourself some time and space to actually have this inquiry and say and set set a goal like okay for the next month i'm gonna write a journal of all and list out all the things that I've done that bring me joy, all the things that I've done that I'm really, really good at, all the things that I've done that I'm really passionate about. And what what I would love to um, create in the next 10 years, and then just list it. It's called a hot pen technique where you just write without really from and also really important i i try to share with everybody to come out of your mind and come to your heart and your tummy area because that's where your intuition is and and also journaling may be your thing or doing voice notes may be your thing like going for a walk because different my, people's minds work in different ways sometimes journaling can be too like constrictive so the other way you could just go for a walk every day and start to voice note those those points and then um also start to read books um about different things that inspire you or different people that inspire you and then say okay at the end of the month i'm gonna start to write some ideas uh top five ideas of what I would like to do. But also what's really grounding about this exercise is always base it in this analysis point because when you actually start using analysis for your own life, it takes it from like, whoa, like the overwhelming, oh my God, I don't know where to begin. And doing analysis grounds you mm-hmm. um, by going, okay, what did I actually do? Writing it down that I loved and starting from there. and seeing it in black and white and then building it in steps forward. 
I think that's a really important point because our feelings and our emotions about ourselves and our life um, is overwhelming. And unfortunately, whether we like it or not, it's like even in the notion of our purpose is still a practice that we have to strategize and, and, uh, and such. I would, I'd be curious just to um, pivot a little bit. Okay, so when we talk about apparel and, and luxury things, like I've actually made a commitment a few years ago where I will buy, um, I go on the Real Real or Poshmark or anything because I'm like, listen, um, I'm, I'm like your worst nightmare, right? Like I'm like the, I'm unfancy because I'm six three, nothing fits. So I, I, and even when I was in fashion, I, for I for, went any connection to like apparel like if you said to me if I said black a black dress black slacks black shirt because I'm you know I'm just I'm my mind's on other things right and I'd love to get your take on that um is if people want to do it better and more consciously maybe just direct us where we where we can go and 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 I and we use the word luxury so that means there's a price tag to that and maybe I'm so sorry to, I get no. excited. I'm so excited to share this, this part with you because it will, like, I hear what you're saying and you know, it's really funny that from my career, my, I'm looking here in front of me right now, I'm in my studio area and there's a rail of clothes that's all my old things that I don't wear anymore that I'm waiting to resell. Yeah. And this is a perfect example, I think, of what's been going on now, especially in COVID times. Everyone's like, what am I doing? I don't need all these things. But how do you, why do we buy all these things? And the reason why we buy so many things is because we actually haven't got to the same like our purpose. We haven't got to the root of who we are, what our style is. So we're always seeking. And so we, we buy something and then we go, we, we, we don't connect what we're buying to how it makes us feel. Right. So this is actually my biggest tip in being a sustainable shopper going forward is to take your wardrobe and, you know, do spend again, sort of give yourself the luxury of time, like send your kids out, ask your husband to go take them, get a babysitter, do something, give yourself the luxury of time an evening or an afternoon and try on everything in your wardrobe and stand in the mirror and say, how does it make me feel? Because Gabby, so much about confidence, it comes from actually what we're wearing. Like not, it comes from feeling comfortable and showing the right bits of our body off that we feel confident about wearing the right knickers or you know like so wearing clothes that aren't really tight because if your clothes are really tight then you feel uncomfortable then you feel conscious so it all it all begins I call, I call that the stuffed sausage I'm like listen if you ever want to you know again I'm a big girl right I'm I'm six threes so I go between 175 to 100 so one I, I'm 190 right like between 170 175 pounds to 178 pounds and I always go, listen, if the worst thing you can do is wear something that's too small, because I'm appropriately sized, my body is pretty balanced. I'm, I guess I'm bigger, I have some muscles. But overall, it's like, if I just wear the stuff that fits, I'm not going like, oh, I, maybe I should lose a few pounds or all that gibberish. Just wear stuff that fits you. Yes. Um, 
but I, I do, I, I do find it fascinating. So, okay. So people can, if they want to get something new and pretty and shiny for something, or just because they're, they want that. There is so many uh, sites now that do have these clothes that, I mean, I buy clothes that have tags on them. I mean, yeah, I buy them. I buy, exactly. I mean, people, so if they're weird about certain things, it's like, listen, even these sites they have, they can even, there's even a filter that says, hey, new with tags, NWT. So it's not about not getting things that are special or nice, but there is a way to buy more consciously. Um, besides there's that, do you have other tips of like brands? Any to buy more consciously. Um, there are, so buying secondhand clothes is great because they are unique and, um, and you can get really amazing designer prices at less price. You can also look for companies like Zara. I love Zara. Zara have a whole section on their website called Join Life. And in, uh, so all of Join Life is sustainable. And um, so much of their, I've, I see that they're a real, they're always future facing Zara. I think they're a great company and they're always ahead. And they have made it a huge um, mission for their company to make more and more, like more and more and more and more of their collection sustainable. So in the Join Life area, you will see that every item has like a, a traceability and, and uh, like where it came from and an origins in the sense of it might use upcycled, uh, recycled fabrics, upcycled fabrics, bamboo, um, all these sorts of new textiles and everything in that area is sustainable. So you don't even need to think about it. And it's all the same price as any other Zara. So affordable and sustainable. Um, and then there are more and more um, sustainable websites where you can actually find clothing that is from sustainable brands. Um, and then you can have things made for yourself as well. Like you can also look at your clothes and um, see how you want to customize your own clothes and you reuse them in a new way. Um, you can also do swapping parties with your friends and re-engineer your wardrobe in that way. But I really would say the, the, the first point is to figure out your own style as well by like doing that technique with the trying things on and then really looking at your, your parts of your body that where you want to show things off, what feels good, looking as well, what kind of colors make you feel good, make you feel confident. And so then when you're going forward to shop, you're shopping more consciously. So you can actually use less budget. You don't have to buy as many things because you're not going to waste the things that you buy. A big reason why we waste things is because we don't feel confident, actually. That's why we didn't wear them in the first place, because we didn't do the exercise at the beginning. So if we get it right from the beginning, then you could actually spend less and then buy a few less pieces, make them better mm -hmm. or, yeah. I think it's, I, I finally learned maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I would go, because I have this fantasy of like, pretty things and flowy things. Right. But that's not me. That's not my physique. That's not my personality. That's actually what I'm not looking for. It makes me feel vulnerable. I want to feel it's weird. I don't want to feel in my clothing anything over vulnerable. 
I just want to, I want to, I want to direct everyone to my head and my face and I want to get into it. And I want to, when I was very young, this is how wacky I was. And I was working, I was in fashion, but I was playing volleyball at university. I would go, I was 19 or 20 and I was sort of starting getting really interested in this idea of like business and being serious and trying to be smart and taking serious, all this stuff that you can't really control anyway. And I used to buy Norma Kamali suits because I was like, no, these people are going to take me serious. <laughs> you know, it's like, And actually, weirdly, that's 30 years ago. I have a few pieces still because they, they lasted forever. I mean, they cost a lot of money then. But it was interesting also, there's another part of the cycle, which is once you start to live it and be it, the clothes become less important yeah. because you're just like, Oh, I was using that to help me get along. Yes. But now I'm like, I can, I have no problem if I went to a meeting in a pair of unripped black jeans and a black t-shirt. Completely agree. You know, it's like, Hey, no, we're about the work. Right. So it's a funny thing where you use it sometimes. And then sometimes you almost over, like you almost go beyond it. Yes. And the more you find your purpose, the more you go beyond it. I mean, so I went through this process as well, guys, like to find, like to do the, the wardrobe exercise. And I realized for myself, I'd always been hiding Gabby. Um, I guess I, I didn't want to show my vulnerability. And I hid that by wearing really colorful clothes and snazzy clothes and patterns and bling 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 so it was all kind of hiding my myself and so as I kind of found more and more confidence did more and more of the work I stripped myself back so that now I only wear really simple clothes because and then I, I jazz them up with a pair of earrings and that's it because I kind of found myself and I think and when you find your purpose, you can, as you said, you're not as reliant on having to buy things to identify yourself through that name or that thing, because you found your own self and who you are and who you stand for. So you don't need the label when you're out in the restaurant with friends to be hiding amongst. You're like, hi, I'm so-and-so yeah. and I stand for this and you know, accept me for who I am. And I think that that even is the notion as we move through life is that transition from even that identity, right? Like, it's like, even it, the goal, like I, it's like almost reaching even then beyond that. So what you have the ability to participate and contribute, then you can be still in that in general. So people can be ask you what you do and it almost, it doesn't become as important to you to prove to them or show them. And I, so I think that it's like all these cycles that get us to a place where we actually can do even less, if that makes sense, not less contribution, just less of the theater, less of all the stuff, you know? Um, okay. So in finishing up and Sarah, I, pre I really appreciate your time. Um, for you personally, you know, what is your next, dream because you've been doing this for a while and so this is obviously bringing you to a new place it has to because then you learn more and you see things and you go oh wow there's a gap here is there something for you personally that you um, that you are you know wanting to sink your teeth into you know I obviously you you'll be continuing um 
to, to be doing this and to teach people to be impact entrepreneurs, but is there something else inside you that's starting to call you and, and rise to the surface a little bit? Yeah, from my personal side, um, my femininity, I love what you said in your book about, you know, the feminine woman is actually about being receptive, being uh, soft, being submissive. And I think as I, you go, it's like kind of rising up. And as you go deeper into finding your purpose and these layers start to strip away and strip away of, of you know, like, trying pushing shoving and you can just release and let go and relax and then start to reveal your true you and so for me that's absolutely about my femininity coming through allowing my softness to really really shine to really um, build beautiful connections uh, deep relationships deep friendships with people because I love humanity and and how we can just come together and share and collaborate, you know? So it's actually using everything I learned in work to go into every area of my life. And I think being on a journey of like unpacking your purpose can really, really bring to your connection and my, yeah, and, and love, Gabby. I'm looking to bring love into my life with my soulmate, wherever he is. Maybe he's listening to this right now. You never know. But I... I think, I think so many people experience this, Sarah, where we're, we're fighting and we're doing, you know, we're being sold this world's, you know, message, which is, it, you know, it makes sense. But that when we can get through, and, and you know, what's interesting is I think when we face our fears, like you've done in your business, that actually can also help us practice to do that in our life. Because to be receptive is scary. It's vulnerable. Um, but also the confusion that femininity is somehow something that's weak or it's like, I always looked at it as it's sort of uber kick, kick ass, right? Like um, the vulnerability part has always been tricky for me. I've, I've had to really work on that. And I have a partner that's made that safe. And then your children will force that in a different way. It's just a biological response of like, I care, I'm here, you know, yeah. but that to remind, um, especially for women, like, that is the, our one of, if you talk about superpowers, it's the ability to be of service and to be kind and to be loving. That is the power because it doesn't mean you can't crush and say no and have boundaries, but it's not foregoing one for the other. Um, it is that stripping away that I think is really the power for sure. Yes. Huge power. Okay, so I wanna I wanna follow up with you and and hear um, how that manifests, and if you can just direct everyone to all the important places to connect with you. Yes, absolutely. SarahSimmons.com uh, is my website, and you can find links to my masterclass there. Sarah Simmons London on Instagram. They're the two key places. Um, so and connect with me. I'm there. It's got my phone number on Instagram. It's got the masterclass and email on my website. And I'm really excited to connect with more and more of you and to connect with you again, Gabby, and chat more. Today's been absolutely awesome. Well, thank so you. grateful to be here. Thank you for your time. And I, I know it, it is, we're, we're like, you know, 
I think we're, I don't know, 11 hours apart, but I really appreciate your, your time and, and um, just the thoughtful way in which you, you're approaching something that a lot of people are trying to navigate. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. All of my music was graciously done by Frank Zumo and Tom Thacker. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.